0: This podcast is sponsored by Ballin Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food, and bottomless brunches.
1: Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.
0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, February the 10th. And first today, the owner of two wild animal parks in Kent has told the Kent Online podcast he would happily see them close if it meant more animals living in their natural habitat. Damien Aspinall has recently been criticised for wanting to send a herd of elephants back to Africa, with some saying they won't survive. He disputes that and hopes to return them from Howletts to Kenya in the summer. Well, the Howlitz and Port Limbos has sat down with our reporter Joseph Wright for this exclusive chat.
1: All we're trying to do is find a way for 13 elephants to go home to their natural homeland. All we're trying to do is to get elephants out of captivity... And back to the home. Elephants that don't do well in captivity. You know, they have, elephants have very high mortality rate in calves in captivity. They have high mortality rate in adults. They have severe stress, mental distress disorders in captivity. So on what basis should we be keeping them? It's all very well to criticize, but what are the options? And you know, you look at Howlitz, Howlets has had 26 elephants. The rest of the UK combined, all the zoos in the UK, have had 11 in the history of zoos in the UK. They've had 11, we've had 26. So I think, one, we know what we're doing. Two, we got the interest of the elephant first. And three, why should anyone deny those elephants the chance, and the progeny of those elephants, the chance to live free? On what basis have we got the right to do that? When you think humans have taken 1,500 elephants out of Africa, stolen them out of Africa, and sent them to zoos and circuses all over the world. I I don't remember too many people complaining about that. It's okay to do that, but it's not okay to try and rehome them. It's crazy to me that. You know, there have been suggestions, oh, well, they won't climatize. Well, how absurd is that? If they can climatize to the harsh European weather, they can't climatize back to their own natural climate. It's absurd, these suggestions. I object, yes I do, to ill-informed people who don't don't bother to fact-check, who've got their own prejudiced conclusions about our work. We look after our elephants as best as we can possibly look after them, but there's not 1% of me thinks that they belong here. Um, How can they? Look at the climate. Look at the space that they have. We give them as much space as we can afford again, but they don't belong here, a herd of elephants, they belong in Africa. And, you know, how wonderful would it be if this herd survives in Africa and the progeny of this herd live forever in Africa? And nothing was at risk, without risk. but we've rewilded 300 animals, including rhino, gorillas, cheetah, bison, posworski horses, hyena. So this is not something we do lightly. And shouldn't the people reading this or listen to this maybe think, well, maybe he's right. Maybe they do deserve their chance. I mean, how wonderful would that be if a Kent herd of elephants in a year's time are wandering around the wilds of Africa safely? It's not without risk. All we can do is mitigate those risks as best as we can. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the point is there's no other option. What, they stay in zoos? I mean, is that really the option when you've got high mortality rate, low birth rates, high mental stress for elephants? So don't give these animals a chance of living, but keep them in a zoo, with all those problems within zoos. And if you think, UK zoos have spent 100, over 100 million pounds on, in brackets, conservation of elephants, in other words, elephants in captivity, and they've had 11 elephant births, no. apart from us. No. I mean, what's the point? And they've got high mortality rate, high mental stress rates. What is the point? What are they achieving? They're not achieving anything. The reason why they don't want to lose their elephants is because the public like to see elephants. Mm -hmm. And it will hurt us. The public like to see elephants. But if you're putting the animals first, which is what we believe in, then if we can get those elephants back to the wild, that's better for the elephant. It's not so good for us for the public, but it's better for the elephant. Other zoos will never agree because they they want to have their two or three elephants because the public like to see Mm -hmm. elephants. Mm -hmm. So they're in the conservation of business. They're not in the business of conservation.
0: Some interesting things there. So, we're asking within the story on Kent Online today if you think zoos should be phased out. So far, it's very evenly divided, with 49% of you in favour of them closing and 51% saying they should stay open because it's good for the animals and for education. Well, you can still let us know what you think today by voting within that poll or commenting on the story or indeed on our socials. Kent Online News. Elsewhere today, two people have been arrested after a man was punched and hit with a metal bar in Ramsgate. He had to be treated in hospital for head injuries following the attack in Arklow Square on Tuesday afternoon. The suspects were told are both aged 28 and have been released under investigation. The families of the victims of David Fuller, who murdered two women in Tunbridge Wells and abused bodies in hospitals, are taking the government to court. The 67-year-old was jailed for life last year for killing Wendy Nell and Caroline Pierce in 1987. He also admitted offences while working in mortuaries as an electrician. Well, an investigation's looking into his crimes, but there are also calls for a judicial review, which would see a public inquiry led by a judge. A man who jumped out of the dock and ran away from Maidstone Crown Court has been arrested. William Harbour was recalled to prison after being charged with theft and burglary offences. The 22-year-old from Hegarty Way in Staplehurst ran out of the building but was later tracked down by police. Now, the Kent Online podcast has been told delays at the border in Dover are only going to get worse. Long queues towards the port have been a common sight since the start of the year. You may well have heard in travel bulletins on our sister radio station, KMFM, about Dover TAP being put in place to try and keep traffic flowing in the town. So why is all this happening then? Well, it's partly due to new post-Brexit checks on goods leaving the country. Before January the 1st, goods could be exported and the accompanying paperwork to go with them could be submitted up to two months afterwards but now drivers have to make sure that all of that paperwork is completed before the vehicle is on the ferry and to add to that from July there will also be checks brought in for products arriving from the EU. While Ollie has been chatting to Mike Parr he's the managing director of PML Logistics.
2: From the export side of things uh, our customers need to make sure that they have all the correct documentation uh, that the export entry has been done uh, and that uh, a t1 transit document has been raised uh, which must accompany the vehicle when it when it travels overseas so that's uh, that's number one but from imports whereas there was a delay on um, doing the customs entry for products coming in for the from the EU that is no longer the case. An import entry must be done uh, for the product to be actually allowed on the train or, or on the uh, on the boat, and I think that's where a lot of delays are a lot of delays are happening. To add to that, for product that requires physical exam, which at the moment is all non-EU product, we're finding that uh, unfortunately the government the government isn't quite up to speed with with the number of officers um, that can carry out inspections. That is our major problem. Um, we ca- we had a, a consignment of fresh um, raspberries that was with us at 3 p.m. and wasn't inspected until 9, 9 10 o'clock the following morning. Now, unfortunately, the only person that uh, ends up losing lots of money on that is the haulier because he's, he's expected to sit there and wait for the product to be examined. I think we should be looking at Holland who have a system whereby uh, customs are given and port health are given a certain amount of time to come and examine the vehicle, and if it's not done within in that time, it's classed as cleared, and the driver can go on. Uh, and I think our, our government should should really be looking at that. It's uh, it's a very good example, or um, train a lot more uh, a lot more staff, which which unfortunately takes time, and we don't we don't have the time. So that example you gave there of the raspberries just so I'm crystal clear. So was that was that coming into the UK or was that leaving? That was, the UK? Uh, it was uh, Moroccan raspberries coming in coming into the UK. But as I said, the haulier the sat there all all night waiting for the exam the following morning. I mean that obviously has a massive knock on effect. I suppose when you're looking at perishable goods, you could if that haulier then makes it over to this other side of the country and the goods are no longer in the condition that you expect them to be. I suppose that is where the that is where the monetary issue lies, right? Well, yeah. And unfortunately, it'll lie with the haulier because they will automatically put a claim in against him, even though it's not his fault. Uh, but there's, there's a lot worse to come. Uh, and I don't think anybody realizes this. Uh, we, we warned you about there would be delays, which there have been. But um, I'm actually dreading when EU products starts to be examined because we don't have enough staff now for them to cope. How are they going to cope with every single meat, fish, dairy, certain amount of produce from the EU on top of that all being examined?
0: Now, while Dover Tap, as I mentioned, is designed to help with this problem, it does mean tailbacks near homes in Acliffe. And Dover Councillor and Acliffe resident Chris Precious says the local road network is simply not fit to cope.
3: The tailbacks are getting worse. The main main problem we've had, and we've had it all along, A, they're getting more frequent now. It used to be Tuesdays we could guarantee Tuesday night would be, be a traffic jam. Now it's halfway through Wednesday, and if I look out my window, I can tell you, yes, we've still got traffic jams, you know, tailbacks. And they're there all night. Noise, exhaust pollution, all night long, Uh when they introduce masks, it's almost a blessing for Acliff because at least we've got something to protect us against the uh, pollution.
2: It's difficult, isn't it? I mean, do you see in any way? I and mean, what for you would be the optimal thing that would solve this this problem of of tap being you know being so frustrating for Acliff residents and kind of I, I guess so all encompassing for them? Like, what what can be done? Do you think?
3: Um, what can be done? <laughs> Basically, it's a long-term solution is what they've got to look at. This motorway, this A20, was built, what, 30 years ago now? And it was expected to last 10 years. That was all they expected to be needed. So it was built accordingly. So now, all these years on, it's not fit for purpose. Dover needs a proper bypass, link up at Whitfield, take everything down the Jubilee Way, which in itself would then need redoing dual carriageway for a start and reinforcing the nice flyover into the harbour. Because this road, it's too small. It won't cope with the traffic it's meant for. It was never meant to last this long. And they're still trying to patch it up with cheap solutions. Cheap solutions will not work. We've proved that over the last 15, 16 years. What they need to do is look seriously at building a proper bypass for Dover that is equipped with a lorry park, at least one somewhere along its length, preferably two, um, a lorry park off the A2, and actually do a proper road maintenance. So much trade goes through Dover. Dover is the biggest port in this country for importing goods and services. And they're treating it like a seaside town that doesn't need much maintenance
0: if you do live in the town we'd love to know what you think today you can leave a comment on our story this will also be the topic of conversation on the lowdown tonight we're asking on facebook how do you think kent has benefited from brexit over the past two years you can have your say plus you can also watch the program and question our panel of experts when it's live from six the kent online podcast with Ballin maidstone it's the day we find out just how much our council tax in Kent will go up by in April. It's expected to rise by 3%, just over £1,400 a year for the average home. Well, bosses say services are under huge demand, although the government will be offering a tax discount to some residents to help cushion the blow of rising energy bills. That's another thing we've got to factor into the cost of living this year. Well, our local democracy reporter has been at the meeting taking place at County Hall in Maidstone today. You can read the very latest on this with confirmation on that bill right at Kent Online. There's more reaction today to Boris Johnson's announcement that all remaining COVID restrictions could be scrapped this month. It means anyone who catches the virus won't have to self-isolate, but some experts are concerned it'll leave people who are clinically vulnerable at risk. Strewed GP Dr Julian Spinks says it's important we keep testing. I
4: think they're trying to reduce the impact on schools and industry and, in fact, the health service as well. Um, It's a double-edged sword really stopping things. Um, Yes, it's going to free things up. And remember, about half of people infected have not actually tested, so we don't know that they're infected. But I don't want them to reduce our ability to track and trace what's happening in the future. So we get another nastier variant. We don't want to go back to square one and start all over again.
5: Absolutely. Well, that's sort of what the first question here from Nicola in Maidstone says. She says, do you worry that getting rid of self-isolation will mean people start treating Covid like a cold and carry on regardless? If there's less reason to lateral flow or PCR test, where will foreknowledge of the next new strain come from and how will we really know what's going on?
4: Well, I'm going to recommend that people treat it like flu. And the fact is you would not go to work if you're suffering flu. And so even though you're not being told it's le- it's illegal to go to work, you'll be thinking very carefully. And the same thing with employers. You shouldn't be forcing people into work when they're ill. As far as tracking, it is very important. Remember that the alpha variant started in Kent mm. and being able to track it and spot these new ones as they come along does mean we can take action. We can start getting vaccines ready.
5: And our second question here is from David in Swanley. He says, I still live with someone who's vulnerable, and so it feels incredibly reckless to allow people to become more easily infected. I'm going to continue to isolate. Am I right to do this?
4: I think it's everybody's uh, ability, everybody's choice to be able to do that. And I agree there are some people who are very vulnerable where the vaccines don't work as effectively and they still need to be taking a lot of precautions and the people around them need to be doing that.
5: And our final question here is from Gemma in Folkestone. She said, what's the point in getting rid of isolation when there could prove to be another variant which is the most deadly yet and will spread easily?
4: Yes, I mean, really, COVID is on the wane in the UK and in the West. But remember that most of the world, the vaccines have not really hit hard. And so we've got this enormous number of people worldwide who can develop another variant.
5: I mean, another variant seems to be the common strain there with a the lot of the concerns. How do you expect that they're going to keep an eye on this and, and make sure that we, we don't develop things quickly? You're
4: obviously going to have to sample some people, particularly people who are admitted to hospital as well. There's some rather strange things like monitoring sewage because they now know you can detect COVID signatures in that to spot new things that are coming along. Uh, But we still need some sort of track and trace system so that once we do detect something new, we've got a way to actually try and limit it and keep it uh, bottled down into one area.
5: Do you feel people should still be testing as regularly, even despite sort of the seemingly uh, close end to all of this?
4: I think particularly if you're going to work with vulnerable people, if you've got people in your family who are vulnerable, I'd still keep testing. I'm still doing daily testing myself.
0: NatWest is set to close another Kent branch this year. The site in Swanley Town Centre will shut for the last time in May after a drop in demand for its services. The local MP there is Laura Trott and she'll be asking for a meeting with bosses because she's worried the nearest branch would then be in Sidcup and Orpington and she's worried it's too far to travel. The land in Gravesend where a popular cycling park which has hosted Olympics and Paralympic stars is based has been sold at auction. The freehold of the site where Cyclo Park is was bought for £1.2 million, almost three times more than the guide price. It's not known yet if the future of Cyclo Park will be affected. House prices have gone up more in Margate over the last decade than anywhere else outside of London. Figures from Rightmove today show properties in the seaside town have doubled in value since 2012. Dover, Sheerness, Dartford, Broadstairs and Walder Slade are also in the top 10 for house price rises in England.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: The emergency department at a Kent hospital is going to expand in a bid to help deal with demand. The QEQM in Margate will get an urgent treatment centre, new adult majors area and improved paediatric facilities under plans approved by Thanet Council. You can see images of what it could all look like when it's built on the website. It's feared that more people in Kent could be tempted to turn to loan sharks to help cover the increasing cost of living. We've already mentioned on the podcast today about rising council tax or energy bills and food prices are also going up too, leaving many families struggling to cope financially. Well, an event is going to be taking place in Maidstone to warn about the dangers of borrowing from people who go on to charge you incredibly high interest rates. I've been speaking to Adam Mayall, who's the chief exec of the Kent Savers Credit Union.
6: I think we all have our preconceptions of what a loan shark would look like, you know, the, the baseball bat and all that kind of stuff. Well, actually... Um, I was speaking to the uh, council's illegal money lending department uh, recently, and they prosecuted GPs. They prosecuted mothers in the playground, next-door neighbours, um, who have charged people huge amounts of interest and, and really got people into financial problems by lending them money illegally. So it's not always the, the way you, you, may, you may think it could be. So we're having this, this, this event where people, people can come and ask us questions, um, and come and talk to us, come and talk to the, the council, the charity and us at Kent Savers to, to, to find a better way or even get advice um, if they've already got themselves into a situation to how to anonymously report that situation
0: A, a buzzword or phrase like, at the minute seems to be um, cost of living and I think everyone is concerned as to how yeah. much things are going to be costing us in future. Are you worried that more people because of that could fall into a trap of of taking yeah. a loan out with someone who's then going to charge them an awful lot of money when they pay it back.
6: I think just coming out of COVID and and now this cost of living um, problems, I think we're going to see a real problem. Um, I think I think it's, it's even more important that we have events like next week um, to to get to, to get the message out there because people can fall into those traps of not just loan sharks but also payday lenders and high interest lending that, that gets you into into more hot water. Um, So, yeah, I think um, I think this is a a key time for people to know about credit unions. Um, A lot of people just don't know about us. A lot of people just don't know there is credit unions, whether it's us or any other credit union. There's there's lots um, there's lots out there and there's lots of help before you get into that that bad situation.
0: Could you give us some kind of idea as to perhaps how much someone could end up? being told to or asked to pay back if they do take Get a loan from someone who's a bit unscrupulous and is going to start charging them yeah. high interest again
6: going back to the conversation i had with the illegal money lending department who, who deal with the police all the time they've just prosecuted someone where 50 50 pounds they ended up losing the house um because it just it, if they're doubling the debt on a weekly basis or saying i'll lend you this so you can pay back this it just spars out control and then then mental health kicks in so that the person it's 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 abuse really well it's abuse in many formats because the person gets confused and stressed and um everything kicks in um and so suddenly they're, they're under the control of the person that's lending the money and they, they really don't know why they are um owe so much but they're under so much pressure that they, they take their word for it i
0: mean that it sounds unbelievable doesn't it but for it it to escalate like that I mean as you say it you know it's just awful for the people who get caught up in that and I'm sure many don't know where to turn or or who they can even talk to because there must be that shame element added to it as well
6: and that's and that's what they prey on they prey on the the shame and the mental health element and you know, all I can say is there's charities out there. There's, there's the Stop Lone Sharks charity. There's, there's plenty of people that will listen to you. You don't have to give your name in the first instance. You can just find a way to, to sort of move forward and start, start to take those first steps to get out of that situation.
0: The event is happening next week outside shops in the Shepway part of Maidstone. A shoplifter who repeatedly targeted Canterbury supermarkets has been jailed and banned from four stores. Billy Joe Darling admitted stealing mostly alcohol from Asda, Aldi, M&S and Sainsbury's last April. The 30-year-old from Beckett-Mews has been locked up for 120 days. Education bosses are looking for land to build a new secondary school for pupils in Herne Bay and Whitstable. Several hundred youngsters are currently forced to travel to Canterbury or Thanet due to a lack of places locally, with the council's also hoping to expand Herne Bay High School to help meet growing demand. The daughter of a Nigerian king who grew up in a palace has set up a charity to help people in Swale. Christine Lockstadt was the king of a tribe in eastern Africa, but she now lives in Sittingbourne after moving to the UK and initially working at the Millennium Dome. Well, she set up Diversity House and moved into a former school building. The idea is to help people who are struggling to turn their lives around. A barbecue business that started as a street food stall in Ashford less than two years ago is opening at a second site. Street Kings Smoke Shack started at the Coachworks and now has a restaurant in Whitstable. The couple behind it quit their jobs and home in West London to head to the seaside in 2017. And Jack Jones is going to be on the hit list with Numi Later on our sister radio station, KMFM. He'll be chatting about teaming up with m and for their new single, Where Did You Go? Be listening from 7 tonight.
1: Kent Online Sports.
0: Kent's Matt Weston is in 13th position after two heats of the skeleton at the Winter Olympics. The former rugby player from Tunbridge Wells got his campaign underway in Beijing overnight and will race again tomorrow. The top 20 after three heats will go into the final. And in cricket, Kent's Tammy Beaumont and Tash Farrant have been named in England's squad of 15 for the Women's World Cup in New Zealand. The tournament gets underway next month and England are defending champions. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can also get access to the ad-free Kent Online Premium site by subscribing it's straightforward to do. Just head to KentOnline.co.uk/subscribe. forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can also read our latest food review. Eat my
1: words. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Ballin Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food, and bottomless brunches.